On today's episode, our all-Asian panel reviews Forever the Moment and discusses the popularity of women's athletics, which is a topic plucked from the themes of the movie. What up, what up, listeners? Welcome to the You Better Represent podcast, proudly part of the Sonar Network. Each week, we explore representation in cinema by reviewing a minority-led film with members of that underrepresented community. And we also debate a cultural topic plucked from the movie's themes. Joining me for today's show is Toronto comedian and writer Leonard Chan. Hello! (laughs) <laughs> um, okay, and uh, this week's movie, in honor of it being the Olympics, um, currently going on in Tokyo, Japan right now, we are reviewing um, South Korean classic Forever the Moment, which is about the, um, it's a fictionalized account of the South Korean women's handball team, which competed in the 2004 Athens Summer Olympics. The original Korean title actually translates to the best moment in our lives, um, which is a little bit different than forever the moment, but <laughs> kind of kind of getting there. Um, yeah. It was uh, it was directed by by Kim Soon Ri and starring Moon So Ri as Han Mi Suk, um, Kim Jung. Ayun, um, st- starring as uh, Kim <laughs> Hai Kyung. Um, sorry to all all the we should just do listening. A, should do a podcast of you just trying to read Korean <laughs> names for like a half hour. <laughs> I am really, really sorry to all the Koreans out there. I am definitely trying my best here. And, In North uh, Korea, they would have executed you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, we are reviewing a South Korean movie. I wonder if they have a movie industry in North Korea outside. Oh, no, they do. No, films. they. No, I mean, industry. I mean, we're using the term industry loosely. But Kim Jong Il, like, was a huge movie fan. Like, he wrote a oh. book about like Hollywood movies, which oh. I bought for a friend of mine. So now we're both on a list. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, and uh, finally, it also stars Um Taewoong as on there's, there's another Sung bullet to the pill. brain <laughs> um and it was written by na hyun um so you know usually we do talk about you know the representation but obviously this is a south korean movie made by south koreans starring south koreans directed by south koreans about a south korean real life story so i think uh the representation score is gonna be pretty pretty high on this one, but part of the reason why we review these types of movies... But not if you're Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe, you know, some of the European teams may not have felt as well represented um, in this movie and how they were depicted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I swear to God, like the Brazilian and the uh, Norwegian or Denmark, whatever those... I think they just took the same white people and they just dressed them up in different uniforms. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, they looked exactly the same. <laughs> Which I really enjoy that in a movie made by South Koreans, all the white people looked the same. <laughs> <laughs> that would not surprise me at all if that were, um, if that were the case. Um, so, uh, so moving on to the actual review itself, I will throw this out to Leonard first. Uh, does Forever the Moment bring honor to us all, or does it bring shame to our ancestors? Um, 
I mean, they're South Korean, so they're not my ancestors, but <laughs> I didn't like this movie very much. I don't know if you did. Oh, no. Well, let's... Did let's, you? I, I, I actually did like it, but let's hear, um, let's hear your, your views. I don't know. Maybe I was in, it was just in a bad headspace <laughs> or something, because I was like, everybody's so annoying. <laughs> like, every character is so annoying. And I didn't understand why I should be interested in any of them. And, like, I didn't understand... Mo- for most of them, I didn't quite understand their motivations. I didn't understand why they're doing anything they did. And as a result, I didn't understand, like... Because with these movies, it's like a, te- like a team comes together and they, and they, they overcome yeah. adversity. And I was just like, I don't know what quite the adversity was. Like, why they couldn't <laughs> gel as a team other than they were just all selfish. <laughs> and so I didn't understand, like, yeah. the core conflict that they were trying. Like, the conflict seemed so manufactured to mm. me. So I was just like, I don't, like, it didn't seem to come from a place of character that I could empathize with. And so as a result, I was just like, I don't know why, they, like, when when they do what they do, when they start to succeed, yeah. uh, I was like, I don't feel like they earned it. I felt like it just started happening, but I was just like, but what happened to change anybody's mind? Like, I, like, I, I sort of see it, like, I sort of see what they were trying to do, but like, none of it really connected for me i don't know if you feel the same way you know what it's actually interesting i kind of feel opposite because i feel like what made this movie different and why i enjoyed it is it took the progression or like okay so just bring it back to me this movie was all about the preparation by the time Mm -hmm. they actually get to the olympics it's just sort of like this tagged on thing at the end which they just have to wrap it up because that's what happened in real life but to me it was basically like, you know, it's the part that Hollywood movies skip over. It's sort of like the preparation. It's like the montage where they work at yeah, it. The, yeah, that's, that's, it's the that's midpoint the montage. Yeah, exactly. Like, usually, like, the preparation is like, oh, it's the midpoint, and then they get good. And then it's like, then the next half of the movie is going to be like, oh, how do they now yeah. use their newfound skill to progress through like the escalating challenges that are thrown their way by the writer. But in this particular instance, I was just like, because like by the time they got to the end, like you're right, like the end, like the big game, it felt like a tag. And I was just like, and, and, and I, but I also couldn't see like how anything they learned helped them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because it's, because it didn't show a lot of the sport prior to that. It was like a sports movie without a whole lot of sport. Uh, And also, I mean, it was by handball, which, they did also didn't explain the rules of handball. Uh, so I'm just like, was left to guess as to how this worked. I'm like, you throw it around in a circle and then you have to throw it in the net, but you can't go into the thing. I don't know. I think that's, I think that's it, honestly. But like, I didn't know for sure. Uh, and somebody else was even yeah. saying, ah, that's too much to follow. Like a literal character in the movie is like, it's too much to follow and they score too much. I don't know what happens. And I was like, yeah, I, I, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, you know. I do think this was made clearly for the South Korean um, fans because, you know, so this was made in 2008, about four years after Athens, exactly four years after Athens. Um, And, you know, I think they did assume that you knew what happened in real life, which is why I feel like the Olympics and that part of it, they didn't focus on because they're just assuming everybody who watched this actually watched the Olympics because... 
In... Which I'm sure they did. Because, like, I think there was a poll. Like, I mean, I mean, in Korea, they certainly did. I think, like, 50% of Koreans were like, the handball was my favorite uh, event. And I was like, well, that's <laughs> never going to happen again. But okay. Uh, but I actually didn't know what was going to happen at the end. So that actually helped. I deliberately didn't look it up. Because I was like, I know what it's about, but I don't want to look it up until... Because I, I want to be surprised. Like, maybe they lose. Yeah, and... Maybe you this know, is a rocky situation. <laughs> yeah, so spoiler warning to everybody. They, they do lose, which was definitely shocking to me as well i did not look that up i did not think they would make a movie about a team losing and you know having the basically the lead character or one of the two lead characters um let's get this name right uh me suck uh (laughs) missing (laughs) missing the um the final penalty that that was like heartbreaking um yeah but you know what it happened in real life so so there yeah. you go. So yeah, but I so, do like how I do like, by the way, how they uh, they made it. I was like, well, the refs fucked us <laughs> because clearly we're good, but Europeans are racist and insular, and of course the refs are going to be on their side. Which, by the way, I, I don't know, and I don't know if this movie happened prior. Actually, no, it might. I, I'm not sure what the timeline is because I know that has been an issue in handball. Uh, mm. Uh, I, I guess like the Koreans and their Japanese counterparts apparently filed like an official complaint with the International Handball Federation or whatever it's called uh, because there was like a championship in Kuwait and then they hired Jordanian refs and they're like it was because of the petrodollar that we lost because Jordan is trying to like get in good with Kuwait and then they like were complaining and st- stuff like that about like how poor the refing was and they wanted like impartial Germans but like they were denied. Mm. Uh, but yeah, anyways, that's... I mean, yeah, hand, handball controversy and drama is <laughs> not my thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's 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 certainly interesting because for whatever reason, my high school was really good in handball. We kept oh. winning. Um, so I, I know a little bit of handball because they were actually pretty, like, prestigious in my high school for some unknown reason. Um, mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it, it was definitely, yeah, it felt like you needed to already know what happened in real life. So instead of focusing on that, because they assume everybody knows what happens, that, mm-hmm. and instead of trying to recreate it, they're just like, okay, let's talk about these characters' backstories. I don't know how much of this is real. They did give a warning at the beginning that some of these characters don't even exist in real life. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah. I I have no idea how much of this actually was real or not. It would shock me if any of it was real because I was just like, these are supposed to be Olympic athletes. They refuse to listen to their coach. They refuse to train hard. They refuse to eat properly. They refuse to do any of these things that you're supposed to do as like an Olympic athlete. So I'm like, that's. I think that's a large part of why I was like, this is messed up. Like, like they yeah. shouldn't be like a national team if like they're this disorganized and this unwilling to, to do what you're supposed to do. So, like, I was like, I don't know, man. Like, that didn't ring true to me. Yeah, I guess they were trying to, like, show, and I think this is from real life, that, you know, this was sort of, this team was a bit of a national disgrace because they had won gold and silver in the past, and this team, like, barely even qualified the, for the Olympics. So I think they were trying to show that this new generation did, like, kind of suck and was you know, had to be rescued by the seniors coming back because you go from a sport that you win a gold medal to barely mm-hmm. qualifying. So 
I, I kind of see where they were going. I, I think to like this movie, you know, I'd love to know what the real life story is of 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 a me suck because mm-hmm. um, to me they gave her like the clearest character arc. Uh, the trouble yeah. being that it had nothing to do with handball. Yeah, um, and, and it's all her decisions, by the way. Like it was all like she decided to marry that dude. She decided not to leave him. She decided to do all these things. It was just like, and she's complaining. She's like, "Why is my life so terrible?" I was like, "Well, you married a dick." Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know, and and, and I also don't understand this confused me because at the end, I guess they did it for the drama, but like it, as a writer, like all these logical holes like really annoy me. Is where like she's she's not gonna play in the big game at the end. Huge sacrifice because. You know, her husband, uh, I don't know what he did to himself, actually. I wasn't, I kind of missed that. Uh, like, was in the hospital or something. And then she, so she's, like, in the cab. She's headed to the airport. And then, then she shows back up at the game, and then they show in a flashback that she went to the airport to make a phone call to him to say, yeah, I'm not coming back. I was like, why do you have to go to the airport? Why do you pack your bags, get in the cab, go all the way to the airport just to call him being like, you know what, I gotta do this thing for me. Uh, and then go, go back. I was like, that was a huge waste of time. Yeah, that was a little bit confusing to me, yes. I would I would say that was very confusing. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe I was in a good mood, Leonard. I don't know why. I feel like... Am I, I talking like... you out of this being good? Or are you still holding on to it? No, no. I, I, mean, I mean, you can certainly like it. I'm not like saying you're wrong. I'm just saying why I thought it was insane. <laughs> you know, I thought the the relationship between the two lead women, uh, Misuk and uh, Hia Kyung, um, yeah. was I thought it was compelling. I, I no, that liked, was good. Yeah, I liked their rivalry. How she, um, you know, how uh, how one of them was the better player, but maybe had like the worst home life, and the other one was just chasing and really yeah. was jealous and resented her. Um, but then, you know, they sort of grew to, um, they sort of grew to appreciate each other. And then, you know, even the conflict they put in about, you know, the, the pride and lending the money, I was like, okay, whether that's real life or not, I was like, that's a believable conflict. Cause you yeah. can't just have the conflict be, Oh, they used to hate each other. Like, or used to be rivals 20 years ago. So you had to put in some drama. So I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. And they came yeah. together yeah, no, that, okay, so I will say this. Like, there were some stories that were good, but the problem is there are so many characters, and they yeah. tried to, like, cram so much, so many different stories in that I was just like, it does, you know, you don't really get enough of anything. No. Most of the stories are weird. Like, then you had, like, that girl's trying to date, and then there's that guy who thinks she's too tall, and she's flat in all the wrong places, <laughs> and she's poor because she's a handball player, which, I mean, duh. And Yeah. <laughs> and then there was, like... I don't know, there's just too many things going on where I felt like the writers are just giving the characters like just random character yeah. traits just to make them interesting and then trying to weave that into some sort of like mini narrative. But they were doing like, so there's like an A, B, C, D, E, F story. And I was just <laughs> like, that's too much, man. Like you just focus on the thing, have that yeah. actually play into the story itself. And then great. Like, cause I didn't understand like why the coach was just being a dick all the time, and then all of, like the male coach who ends up taking over, and then and then they have like the the weird like almost romance that happened between, and I was just like, it's too much. It's too much stuff going on, and none of it really fits. <laughs> none of it is like directly going into the story. Yeah, you know, I, I I I think you're right. I think the the 
weird girl dating. I think that could have been completely cut. Um, yeah. I, I do think the relationship between, you know, the one of the two lead women and the coach, you know, added a little bit of history, at least. I didn't mind that mm-hmm. so much. It did add to, like, the central conflict, um, or maybe that's not in the central conflict, but one of the conflicts, at least, it added to, like, the tension. Um, because I feel like if you didn't have that, then the over-the-top tension would have been completely out of left field so i was like okay maybe there's something from their past they're not telling us something unresolved that's adding to the tension i'm like okay i, I kind of get that um yeah definitely you know and then there there is the husband stuff there there's definitely a lot here they're definitely you know they 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 filled up those two hours this probably most sports movies should probably not be past 90 minutes um mm-hmm. i i will say um so I, I i do agree there but for some reason i i for some reason the 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 two lead characters um the two women they resonated with me and that carried me through um yeah. and yeah so i feel like um your enjoyment of this movie will depend on whether you um whether whether you think the the two lead characters are compelling enough, because um, there, there's definitely some problems um, otherwise in the movie, um, yeah. But you Just know, a few. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, any any last thoughts before we move on? Um. Well, I I, I did like uh, the part when he was like. Uh, you know, like if we even, win or lose, like don't cry at the end. And I really wanted to be like, there's no crying in handball. <laughs> Just have his own like Tom Hanks. Because it was like, it was the whole, like the male coach, all female team, very league of their own, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, that guy, he was no Tom Hanks. So. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would recommend it. I, I do think, you know, even though it's made with the assumption you already know it's going to happen, I actually think it's better to watch it without knowing what happens because I, I do yeah. think that... Ending... So, so, so don't listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> and then go watch it. Go back in time, forget everything we just talked about, and then watch it. And then maybe you'll enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was... It was... I thought it was worthwhile. I do think it was a little bit too long with a few too many stories, but I do think the central, um, the the two leading characters were um, were compelling enough to me, and uh, and was worth watching. Um, but as you can see, uh, our panel today has a bit of a mixed review between the two of us, and uh, I think most reviewers were also pretty mixed on this as well. So I think I can definitely see how. Um, how those reviews were mixed. So uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a short commercial break, and we'll be right back to do our second segment where we discuss a topic of the week, which we pluck from the themes of the movie. And this week's theme is the popularity of women's athletics in Asia. We will be right back. <laughs>
What up, what up, listeners? Welcome back to the You Better Represent podcast. We are now into our second segment where we discuss a topic plucked from the movie's themes. And this week's movie was Forever the Moment, which was um, a fictionalized retelling of the South Korean women's handball team and their um, their exploits in the 2004 Athens Olympics. And so our topic of the week that we are plucking from the themes of the movie is, um, is the popularity of women's athletics in Asia? Is it more popular? Is it less popular? Are there any differences in how it's seen um, in North America versus uh, Asia? And uh, also, personally, what are our um, favorite women's sports? And so um, I'll, I'll, I'll actually, uh, I'll, I'll start off this topic. Um, and, uh, oh, and uh, we, we do have uh, Leonard Chan back as our <laughs> panelist this week. Um, just in case people tune in only to the second half, I'm, I'm not sure um, anybody would do that. But if, if, if you do, I, I should mention it is not just me on this panel. We have uh, comedian and writer Leonard Chan. Okay, so um, women's athletics in Asia. I, I'm not sure if there's like a big difference um in, in how they're viewed i will say that some of the um most popular sports in asia are like female led like obviously with south korea which we have in 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 this movie um you know as leonard mentioned earlier when they took a poll of what the um the most important moment or their favorite moment from the Athens games was, they said women's handball. Um, you know, I think if you took a poll in South Korea of the most popular, probably athlete overall of all time, it's probably um, Kim Yuna of um, figure skating. She is probably like the biggest star in, um, in South Korea outside of, you know, um, um, uh, outside of uh, people who, you know, the superstars who play, um, what's that game? Um, um, Starcraft. Yeah, it's mm. Kim Yuna and some really uh, amazing uh, Starcraft players. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, obviously in Japan, same thing with Mawasada. You know, I think, um, you know, with, with China, you know, I think, you know, um, Chinese uh, diving teams um, have always been huge. Um, gymnastics is huge as well for women's sports. You know, mm-hmm. with Lee Na winning winning two tennis grand slams. You know, there's a huge, huge portion of the WTA tour, which is like the Women's Tennis Association. Um, they've got you know this whole Asian swing, um, and those tournaments are incredibly popular. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say there's like a buy, at least for me, I don't see any bias against women's sports in, in Asian culture, um, like compared to Western culture, of course. Um, I, I would say like, I think overall as in most of the world, I think men's sports, um, generally, you know, a male athlete does make more money and, uh, um, <clears throat> For the most part, um, are are more popular in in, in their sports, but yeah. although uh, there is there is like a, there is like a sociological theory that men uh, male athletes have been like spoiled by being like so well paid, uh, mm. whereas female athletes aren't. So mm. they tend to perform better because they're focused, like especially in the Olympics, they're focused more on their country than income. Well, that that definitely makes sense. Like if 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 
if I'm super poor, I'm probably gonna be thinking of, of you know, I, I won't be distracted by my millions of dollars. Like we've certainly seen that in in tennis, where, um, or or in other sports where people um, make a lot of money and they kind of uh, they kind of fall off, like uh, you know. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's uh, throw it over to Leonard. Do you do you agree with what I'm saying, or do you have a different viewpoint on uh, on the popularity of um, of women's athletics? I mean, I think in Asia, uh, I, I mean, there, I think men are more valued in Asia. I mean, all over the world, but like in and I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> I'm just saying this is the way it is. Uh, but especially in like Asia, like China, for example, like men are. I mean, there's joke. People, comedians joke about it all the time that like men are, uh, like women are not valued at all, like uh, as humans, which is of course wrong. So, uh, and it's very interesting because like I guess now, especially this year in China, like uh, like there's there's like the, the there's big balls versus small balls when you're talking about Olympic events, like team mm. sports, right? There's like basketball, soccer, volleyball, right? And then uh, and intensely like the. Uh, the Chinese have typically performed well at like the small ball stuff, like ping pong, badminton, whatever, right? Uh, uh, handball, I guess. That's a medium ball. But <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll also say for volleyball, the um, the Chinese women's team won um, won gold in uh, in yeah. Rio, and they've they've always been my my favorite international um, volleyball team, men or women, because. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of interesting with the themes of this movie where they're sort of, you know, smaller than their competitors. And so um, Team China, you know, they go in and they're playing, you know, Brazil, which mm-hmm. just has so many um, women who are over six feet um, yeah. on their volleyball team. And so the Chinese team, you know, they're so popular across the world because they do like so many crazy trick plays like curls yeah. runarounds quick yeah, they have to it's they have just... to be uh they have to be tricky they're like it's like yeah. watching an anime like haiku like volleyball <laughs> i don't know if you watch that but it's like that in real life it's awesome yeah no i love it yeah. too i like actually like uh volleyball is men or women is like my favorite sport to watch like on oh. uh, in the olympics yeah really? easily yeah i love volleyball i mean i used to play a lot of volleyball so i love it um but like what's interesting is like this year so like uh like this year, like men's, the Chinese uh, men's Olympic team, like they didn't qualify for soccer or volleyball and like basketball, oh, they got eliminated in basketball. But like the Chinese women, they made it in all three events. Mm-hmm. And actually more of the Chinese, more Chinese athletes this year in Tokyo are female versus men. I think it's like 298 uh, women versus uh, <clears throat> about like 133 men, something like that. Mm. So, uh, and then it's just like, yeah, you got to ask why that is, right? And I think part of it is like, in order to, for, I mean, I don't know, there's a lot of theories, right? Like, some people are like, yeah, because like you have to, to become an Olympic athlete, you got to train your ass off. But that means you have to essentially forego an education, right? So, uh, like when I was younger, like I was, I did gymnastics and it was like at the point it's like, yeah, you either train for the Olympics or you go to school. My parents were like, school, right? <laughs> but like in China, maybe they would have been like, Oh yeah, like a female, whatever. They have no chance. Might as well just forego their education and have them try to like make you know athletic glory or whatever, and then uh, and then then off they go to try to like be uh, Olympic athletes or whatever. So I don't know. It's uh, it's 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 curious. 
Um, I, I don't think women's sports is valued as highly as it ought to be. Uh, and you can see that just from sal- like WNBA salaries versus NBA salaries, right? But then, of course, there's like... If, as, if, as, if many people watch the WNBA as they watch the NBA, then that would probably change, theoretically. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I think in, uh, in China, you know, there, it's a lot of, like, sociological underpinnings of, like, male-female dynamics, as they've been for a long-ass time. That is going to... I mean, sports really is just... I always I love sports movies because I always find them to be a metaphor for like larger yeah. issues because they often are, um, and so yeah I think that's just the same thing is like it's trickling down in sports, but now it's like they have to really like in China especially they really have to ask themselves like well the women are, are doing much better than the men so what <laughs> why how and how do what you know what's going on because like the men are like probably all going to be executed or whatever but. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... no of course not it's not North Korea uh, <laughs> yeah it's okay to like make fun of North Korea <laughs> yeah you know I think yeah you know you definitely bring up an interesting point about you know how women are valued in general in Asia um, and how that how that affects how, how women's sports are being played even though women um, in Asia are you know becoming you know more successful than than the men on an international stage yeah mm-hmm. it, it's pretty interesting i don't know for me it comes down to the sport strangely enough mm. um i feel like there's some sports where i don't know i definitely go in cycles like so for tennis like most of my life i've i loved like women's tennis more and then it sort of came into like this awful drought where you know, you had Serena at the top of the game, but because she didn't play that often, um, she really only played the Grand Slam. So then you have like this sort of carousel of like awful number one players who couldn't win the Grand Slam because they'd run into Serena. But then because she didn't play the rest of the year, um, she like they got the number one ranking. And then everybody asked, you know, like, why do you why do you suck so bad in the big moments? And I was like, they don't suck in the big moments. They're just it's not their fault that Serena doesn't play enough to keep the number one ranking. Like if they were in any other era, like Steffi Groff or somebody else would have been there at the top and then nobody would be asking why they, you know, um, sucked in the big moments. They're just not good enough to like, I don't think somebody, you know, living up to what they're capable of is sucking. I'm just like, yeah, they were just never that good. Um, But in general, I've always liked women's tennis more than men's. We get more rallies. Um, yeah, you get more rallies. And it's also, you know, I will put it like this. Like, I feel like, and listen, I still think like women at the highest level are so far beyond an amateur that I'm not trying to like put down women by saying this. But like the men, it's like I can't learn how to be like six foot six and serve 140 miles an hour. But if I watch, you know, Justine Enna, who's like five foot six, about my same weight, like I can actually learn a thing or two by watching. <laughs> like I can actually yeah. be like, okay, you know what? Like obviously I'm not putting myself in in a level of whatever. <laughs> like that's just like egregious. And like even here, I'll, you know what? And I, I will put this out there because I don't want it misinterpreted because like – Men always think, oh, if they play a woman, like, you know, like, oh, a high school man or like, uh, which happened in, in the movie. Anyway, but yeah. it's like, you know, I mean, to be fair, to be fair in tennis, 
in tennis, like I think like the the hundred and fiftieth ranked man beat Serena and Venus or something like that. I forget what. Yeah. No, that. So it, it, I mean, it's just it's yeah. I mean, there's like fundamentally there is just like a, too much of a physical difference. Yeah, but yeah, you know, what I want to say too is, but because that happens, uh, amateur men who maybe played high school or a bit of college think that they could, and you, you know, it's perfect, you know, and somebody who really, I'm going to go off on like a tangent here because it's somebody who I don't think gets enough respect, but is Anna Kornikova. Oh, yeah. So she was, so everybody thinks, you know, she was pretty and she got too much attention for being pretty and then she got money and then, you know, decided not to play tennis. Actually, she was like a phenom, number one in juniors her whole career, um, came up, made it to Wimbledon semifinals at 16, um, beat she had victories over the previous five world number ones um, mm-hmm. all by the age of 16. And then she just got really injured. Um, and then she was never able to live up to her potential, but she was one of like the best prospects ever. So anyway, yeah. the reason why I'm mentioning um, Anna Kornikova and I'm only saying that I did have a poster of Anna Kornikova in my room when I was young. So I really, oh. really liked her. So this yeah, is the... I mean, and this is coming from a gay man. So <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't for so like, it was for the that... tennis. It was for the tennis. That was the she. So you know. She was one of the most talented players ever, and I I really hate the fact that people like put her down. Oh, she never won a tournament. And I was like, listen, what's better, winning some crappy ass tournament like a. a a challenger tournament or, or being hot make, yeah, no, or making it to the Wimbledon semis at like, and having wins over like all the previous number ones, like yeah, yeah, yeah. at 16. Anyway. So yeah, she no, she's was, very good. She was on the biggest loser. Um, oh. as, as, a, as Oh, a she coach. was as a coach. Yeah. I remember I saw that. Yeah. And there was, um, there was this guy who like, who, who did a bet with her because he, he, he was like, oh, yeah, I, I used to play, like, college tennis or whatever. And he was, <laughs> he was, he was like, I'll, I'll, he's like, I'll bet you, you know, uh, $10,000 that I can return your serve. And she was like, return my serve. She was like, I will give you $25,000 if you can touch my serve. <laughs> <laughs> and so, anyway, what that whole long ass story was just to say I'm not saying that when I say I can watch women's tennis and get tips and learn. I'm not saying I can like <laughs> actually play as well as the women. No, well, I cannot touch not. women's serve. But what I'm saying is like it's more relatable. Actual strategies I can try to implement in volleyball, in tennis, in anything. Yeah. Um like is it I, I can't as much as I love Rafa and Roger, like I'm not, I'm not like six foot two to six foot four with like elite <clears throat> speed, and yeah. you know, like it's just I'm, I'm never gonna serve 130 miles an hour, like it's ridiculous. But I can, <laughs> I can, I can learn. So I do think there's value in the women's sports, and more for just that. I think it is really exciting. I think there's a beauty and a grace to like, you know, gymnastics and to figure skating, um, you know, oh, I yeah. hate those are judged sports, but obviously you yeah, have to but... determine a winner. Somehow. Oh, but like women's, but, um... women's floor, like in gymnastics, is so much more compelling than men's floor. Like men's floor is just like, all right, tumble, land, yeah. tumble, <laughs> land, tumble, land, that's it. And then women, they like do the dancing and shit in between. I was like, see, that's good. 
That look, I mean, I don't want to see the guys do that. Let's be fair, but like, <laughs> it's so it's so much prettier, and like, there's like uh, f- female events that I prefer to watch. Than like, a balance beam is incredible. Uneven bars is incredible. Men don't do either of those things, no. um, and I think it's great that uh, it. Yeah, those are. I, yeah, I love those events, and yeah. rhythm, rhythmic gymnastics is awesome. Yeah, and I think. Um... I, I'm not sure if I agree about rhythmic gymnastics. You don't like it? most hated things. But Why? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's just, I don't know. Because you're a gay and you're like, oh, woman playing with balls? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You, you'd think like a gay man would love like all the ribbon twirling. And you stuff, would think so. I don't. <laughs> you don't. I don't know. Rhythmic gymnastics is, is not my thing. Um, huh. But, what? you know, it's, you know, it's. I don't know. Yeah, you, you know it's funny. We're gonna. I'm gonna go off on a tangent because it, it it's sort of what's happening now, and I just sort of would love to get um, Leonard's opinion on it. But we're talking about women's gymnastics, and you know, pretty much, you know, the face of this year's Olympics was Simone Biles. Like heading in all the promotion, everything was pretty much Simone Biles, and not just in the U.S. I do think internationally, like gymnastics is such a huge sport. Um, that and it is one of like the prestige sports you know probably one of the only things that would eclipse it is the men's um the is men's athletics like the 100 meter but without Usain Bolt realistically it's it's Simone Biles who's the biggest star um and you know a lot of people have a lot of opinions on uh on her her decision to to withdraw now she's coming back and um Mm-hmm. And she she actually is going to do the the balance beam finals, but you know, being a huge sports fan, I just love to hear what Leonard's thoughts are on Simone Biles this week. Uh, I think that anybody who judged her and uh, mocked her or was upset at her or disparaged her for putting her own mental health first are dicks. It's so it requires so much more strength to say no to this and put yourself first in a situation where you ha- you should be putting yourself first. Like she said she couldn't see where she was in the air. Like I mean, do you understand how fucking yeah. scary that is? Like I've done gymnastics and there have been moments where I'm like, "Oh shit, I have completely lost where I am." Mm. That's scary. And it's not so and and then it was like a mental health issue, right? That she had and you have to like take care of yourself. Like, who gives a shit about like gold medals and stuff like that? Like, she could have like Carrie Strug. Like, when she went out and did that final vault, everyone's like, "Oh my god, the heart of a champion!" I was like, "No, that coach who made her do that is fucked up. Like, that should never have happened. She never competed again after that. It was insane. Like, that should never have happened. Like, you shouldn't be putting like Olympic glory over the health of your athletes." Like, that's yeah. a terrible coach move. I mean, obviously, the coach and the medical staff uh, widely known to not put their athletes first, the yeah. well-being of their athletes first, right? Like, Nassar, not a good guy. Um, no. So, and I mean, and I think someone Balls, you know, was part of that, too. So it's just like, all right, like, come on, man. Like, I, th- I think she should be commended for having done that. I think people should look at that as an example of what you ought to be doing. And I think that, yeah, anybody who says otherwise is just, they just don't have their priorities straight. <laughs> I I have to admit my opinion changed over the week and I didn't have a strong opinion at first. My opinion was more, 
I feel like I need to learn more because honestly, I was confused at first. I was really confused. Yeah. So my first initial reaction wasn't like, you know, I, I do think right now in the world, as soon as you say the word mental health, it's like either people are totally against you or just 100 percent like we're going to support you all the way. And yeah. for me, you know. I, I do think mental health is a bit of a buzzword and anybody who says mental health, you just have to like support them a hundred percent. I'm, I'm not totally a hundred percent there because I, I feel like if I'm going to treat mental health, like physical health, there's times where we get mad at people over like their physical well being and whether they should like overcome that or whatever. So for me, it's a sort of, you know, like I, I wasn't totally on board at first. I have to admit, I was like, okay, I need, I need to know. I was like, there's got to be more to this story. And as the week went through, I asked, I started, I understood it more. And now I'm like a hundred percent behind, behind um, Simone Biles. Yeah. Like I would say, so where my hesitation at first came was, um, you know, I think it was presented as a hundred percent mental, mm-hmm. but it's actually a combination of how, the mental and the physical sort of mm-hmm. intersected. And I think yeah. I think that's a really big difference because for me, when she came out and she said it was 100% mental, where I was a big question was, you know, if, you know, like say with, 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 with Naomi Osaka, where she like, you know, didn't want to... Um, she she didn't um she didn't compete um in the french open after the first round and the and wimbledon i was 100 percent for her i i think what's happening with the press conferences they let in crazy ass bitch people asking crazy ass shit questions that shouldn't even be allowed in the room and they are not protecting their players mental health mm-hmm. and so i was 100 percent for naomi for with simone where i was like you know i was like well it was a team competition and like, you know, another girl sort of got thrown in there, like without much preparation. So I was like, if it was just more, I was like, there's a difference in the original thing where, and I think some people's interpretation is, oh, there's too much pressure. I don't want to do it. I think if you pull out in the middle of a match because you're feeling too much pressure, like if LeBron James, like after the first quarter was like, I don't want to play anymore because there's too much pressure. I don't think people would accept that. And, and at at first I was like, okay, someone, I was like, I don't totally understand what's going on. But then when it was more about, you know, to me, it became a safety issue and not a mental (laughs) safety issue. It's a physical safety issue where it, it wasn't like, you know, it's too much pressure. I need to leave it. It's my mental state. I can't trust what my brain is telling me. And mm-hmm. this could lead to death, mm-hmm. physical death. Yep. I was like, okay, that completely leave the competition. Don't come back until you're ready. Exactly. But at first, it, that wasn't made clear um, until she had her press conference. So at first, people were just like going crazy, whatever. And so for me, I wouldn't say it was against her. I was just more because it was a team competition. I was like. You know, like, here's the thing with mental health. And, you know, I'm all for mental health, um, except for if you can't just throw up your hands and say mental health if that if your decision of mental health is then causing mental health issues for other people. So for me, like, you know, so I don't think people just get like 100 percent protection of saying, oh, mental health. But then they've caused anxiety for everybody else because they have to like, you know everybody else has to sort of then 
you know what I mean? I know I'm not saying right. I'll probably get canceled for this. But what, <laughs> but what I'm saying is things are interconnected. So if it was a solo sport and, you know, obviously some of her apparatuses are solo, but because it was a team sport and because she sort of left, you know, a quarter of the way through, you know, somebody else couldn't mentally prepare to go on. It, it, it did kind of jumble things up. So if it was just, okay, I'm feeling too much pressure, I'm going to leave. I do feel like I'd be like, I don't know about that. Like, that's a little yeah. bit. No, that sounds, much. I mean, yes, that I'm like, okay, I, I get it, but I'm not as sympathetic. But when it was, but what I understand, because again, like I've done gymnastics, I've done like flipping through the air and stuff like that. And if you don't know where you are in the air because yeah. you're having trouble focusing, it is so terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, yeah, I like, I wouldn't do it. Like if LeBron was like, listen, I got to stop playing in the NBA finals because every time I leave my feet, I might land on my face. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and lose the rest of my hair. Then it's like, no, <laughs> you know, I understand. Like, it's you, like you might she, like the way she flips too is so freaking dangerous. Like she could very easily have killed herself. Yeah, like, I've landed on my head like doing a back tuck. Like I, oh, I lost goodness. exactly. I, I I couldn't figure out where I was. I completely lost uh, what was going on, and I just fucking went boom. I just like pile drive myself directly into a concrete floor. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. As I was going down, I was like, oh, this might be it. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and luckily, like, it wasn't. Like, I crunched my neck a little bit, and I was like, I couldn't really move my neck well for, like, a week and a half. But, like, I was yeah. lucky. And that was just, like, one flip. <laughs> like, she does, like, three and a half, you know? Yeah. Like, on a sprint, like, like, spring floor stuff, especially, like, or vaults. Like, you're putting so much energy into the system, like, where... Like, I'm always terrified of doing spring floor stuff because it's just like, you, it's just so easy to over-rotate and die, you know, and did it with yeah. vault. It's so easy. It's just, you're putting, it's just so much energy that you have to control. And like, it's the precision that is required to yeah. do this correctly and not die is, I mean, especially at the level that she's doing it at, I was like, you cannot have any loss of focus. So yeah. I was fully backing her, like from the get-go. Once I learned about, you know, and I learned about twisties and I learned about that, even if I didn't learn about that, if it was more that she she couldn't trust herself to complete, you know, her routines without endangering herself, that's mm -hmm. when I was like, okay, I totally get it. And, you know, like, I'll just reiterate my position. If it was a solo sport, leave at any point. I don't care. It's you. You can default whatever. Mm -hmm. It was just the team aspect that until I learned that it was like a safety issue of like she could actually either injure or possibly, I know it's being dramatic, but as Leonard said, like this girl's doing tricks that have never been done before in the history. <laughs> she's like, doing stuff that the men don't do. Yeah. She's Simone Biles is yeah. just, crazy she's she is next the greatest level. of all time nobody yeah. would ever dispute that at this point um but you know like so you know like yeah anyway i'm not explaining myself well and i feel like mental health people are gonna get mad at me because right now if you say mental health you uh, for a certain sec segment of people like you just have to be 100 percent supportive but like i said i am 100 percent supportive unless it's like affecting a lot of other people um, and that's where I needed more information. And then when I got it, I was like, okay, you know what, Simone? Yeah, that's not worth it at all. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. she breaks her neck. I think do. that'll affect a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And 
you know, and like, it doesn't even have to be about like physical safety. Like I said, with the Naomi Osaka thing, like, you know, don't enter. Don't it's, it's your life. Like a hundred percent support Naomi. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the people coming out against Naomi are, are just crazy, you know, but you know, like I said, if Naomi Osaka was in like, you know, the doubles finals of mm-hmm. the Olympics and, you know, halfway through the first set decided, you know, people are booing me in the audience. They don't want to continue. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. I can't, I can't, like... Yeah, no, I totally I, get I that. I totally, totally I, yeah. am on board. Like, if it's a team sport, you're letting other people down. It has to be serious. <laughs> yeah. Right? There, there's, like, a there's like a, 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 a lower boundary of, like, how serious it ought to be. Like, I remember, remember, um, I don't know if you remember this. It was back in, like, 1992, uh, when the Blue, or 93, one of the two, when the Blue Jays were still playing, and then, like, I think, like, uh, like one of the Kelly Gruber, I want to say was, the, and he was just like, I'm not, I'm injured. And then there's like a, a thing of him, like water skiing or whatever. And yeah. we're like, what the hell? So it's like stuff like that where you're like, okay, come on, man. Like you can't yeah. just make stuff up and then like, and then let a team down. Like, yeah, I, I get that because like, you know, like uh, you make a commitment, like you, you should live up to that commitment if it's a team thing. But like, and yeah, so like Naomi Osaka, yeah, man, if you don't, she doesn't even have to have an excuse. She's like, I just don't feel like playing. That would have been fine. Yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. She's anyway. Honestly, it even feels weird for me to have an opinion on somebody so accomplished and who's done so many things as <laughs> as those two. Like Simone Biles is literally like usually when you invent a move that nobody's done before, they yeah. give your name to it. Like, but like she's invented so many. Like you can't. Like she only has one name. Like she's got to invent <laughs> like, different names for things. Like the because... best chance of me having my name on anything is probably like some weird disease that nobody's ever had before. <laughs> it's gonna be like, oh no! The doctor's gonna come back and be like, wow, good news and bad news. <laughs> you know, uh, good news, <laughs> you'll be immortalized. This will be named after you forever. <laughs> Have you always wanted your own syndrome? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I yeah uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think anything will ever be named after me. Um, but hopefully, maybe as maybe a statue on my parents' front lawn someday. Aww. Um, but <laughs> um, but uh, you know, th- thanks for that uh that that discussion. I I actually did really want to hear your thoughts on Simone Biles mm-hmm. because um, you know, obviously our topic this week is uh women's athletics and mm-hmm. th- that story has really taken over. Yeah. Um and. Uh, you know, because we're doing an Asian movie, let's give a shout out to Sunisa Lee, who won yes. the um, women's uh, all-around yeah. competition, taking gold. Which may not and, have happened if Simone Biles hadn't dropped out, so... Yeah, I don't feel like... I feel like for the last eight years, people have been playing for second place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't even think that Suni uh, Lee would, um, would be mad at people saying that, like, yeah, if, if Simone, like I mean, everybody okay, knows for, it's fine. Second place is, when you, Simone Biles is there. Second place is gold. Pretty much, like, right? I don't think people. I don't think people understand. Like if if you don't follow gymnastics, like the level that Simone Biles raised gymnastics, not just women's gymnastics, but gymnastics, yeah. Yeah. is so far beyond what anybody. It would be yeah, like she raised the uneven bars so high. 
Yeah. It would be like if in like figure skating in the 80s when the women were still doing, you know, double axles is their biggest thing. And then, you know, one of these uh, Russian girls who are doing it now just came in and started doing quads. Like, literally, that's what's been happening with Simone Biles. People, she came in. It wasn't like she went from doubles to, to triple axles. She went like people were doing doubles and she came in doing quads and people were like, okay, what is happening? Um, so anyway, full support to her and, uh, and for Sunisa Lee, um, you know, representing the, uh, Asian Americans, um, doing us all proud. Um, I want to thank, uh, Leonard, uh, for, uh, for, um, the review and for the lively debate and for, uh, for suggesting this movie as well. Um, and uh, thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. We will be back next week with another movie review. I'm your host, Vong Show, official spokesperson for gay, super cute Asians. And that's what's up. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.